Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I'm married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and and I'm in a different part of the country. I I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're really reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? Ah, yeah. Hey there. I'm Carol Jurgensen-Sheath, and I am so glad to be with you tonight. After a rockin' 4th of July, I hope most of you had a good time. I'm a big believer in fireworks. I love them. I... I can't say enough about him. Now, in part, that may be because um, I met my husband around the 4th of July in Chicago, even though I'm from Indianapolis, and we were at a conference on addiction. And so I was looking for an Eric, and um, somebody I had worked with collaboratively via the phone, he saw the brother, and I saw the sister, in an incest case. And so when I saw he was going to be at the workshop, I went looking for him. You know, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I think you can tell that about me. And I said to myself, you know, I want to meet this guy. And everybody on the roster looked like they were recovering addicts of some sort. And they also looked like they worked for treatment centers. So when I saw somebody I knew from Indianapolis, I went looking. And um, I saw my husband from across the room. I saw his name tag said Eric, and I could I could read Indiana. So I went running over there, Eric, Eric, Eric. And then I got up there, and my husband was from Fort Wayne. And I go, oh, you're not. The right Eric. Um, he actually worked for a drug and alcohol addiction center that treated HIV patients. So we got to talking and, you know, then I said, well, I'll get going. And he goes, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's hang out together. Come on. You're looking for Eric. I'll help you look. 
so uh, we spent that evening together, and that was July 1st. And the conference ended the 5th, and we went to Navy Pier and watched the fireworks. Had an amazing time. Now, fast forward probably three years, and I'm at a SASH conference. For anybody who's in the world of sexual addiction, SASH stands for the Society of Advancement of Sexual Health, and they also have a sex addiction certification program, and I'm part of SASH. As a matter of fact, I'm speaking in St. Louis on developing empathy. Imagine that. I'm talking about developing empathy in the sex addict. I think you all know why. It's because I wrote that book, Help Her Heal. Um, Anyway... I ran into the other Eric, Eric, I'll I'll just call him Eric A. He, sadly enough, he's deceased. But when I ran into him, I said, Eric, oh, my gosh, you are the reason I married my husband. And he's like, what? And I said, yeah, I was looking for you at the conference at the Fairmont three years ago in Chicago. And he said, yeah, I got sick and I didn't get to go to that. And I said, well, I saw another Eric, and I was so excited to meet you, Eric, that I ran up to him. We met. We started dating in Chicago. We dated long distance um, because Fort Wayne's two hours from Indy. And I said, I attribute you as being the reason why I married him. Well, he loved it. And at that moment, Patrick Carnes was walking past both of us, and he's like, Patrick, Patrick, come here. I want you to meet Carol. Carol is thinking about getting her CSAT, and she married her husband because of me. So then Patrick Karn sat down with us, and Eric told him the story as if it was his story. It was really very sweet. And then I got to personally meet Dr. Carnes. Well, it is a full circle moment, isn't it? Because now I've been a CSAT for probably about 12 years. I'm not even sure, close to 12 years. And I'm an APSAT. That's a partner-sensitive clinical specialist. And I've written a book for addicts on how to help their partners heal. And I've been happily married for, we are going on our 19th year. We got married in 2000. So it's always easy to figure out how many years we've been married. Um, so, you know, I was very sad when I heard that Eric Applegate, who was a CSAT, um, had died. He actually worked with some of my clients once I became a CSAT. He worked with them in group, and I worked with them in individual. And uh, so that's my own personal story. You know, I usually give you maybe a glimmer of something that has to do with me, but I don't go into a full-fledged story like that. And... Um, I'll just wrap it up by saying my gift to my husband was the Carol and Eric story. And I made it, it was, it's like three feet tall and maybe a foot and a half wide and it's bound. uh, And I cut out a heart and that's what shows the Carol and Eric story. And it does day one, day two, day three, day four, and day five of our Chicago meeting with the fireworks. And so, um, They really do have special meaning for me. I love the 4th of July. And that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. How about you? You know, whether you're an addict 
and you're in some pain because you're feeling bad about the trauma that you've caused, the drama that you felt, whether you're single or married, it's been hard on you, and I know it has been. And then if you're the partner, what I know to be true is that there's no worse betrayal than what you've been through. Whether you decide to stay with your your husband or wife, depending on who the, uh, the addict is, or whether you decide that it's really best for you to go, it really is your choice as to what you do. And if an addict is in good recovery, he or she knows that the right thing to do is to do what's right for you, the partner, because very clearly partner didn't ask for this. This was a club she didn't want to join. And if she decides she just can't do it, the addict should do whatever it takes to make it easy uh, for separation, whether it's therapeutic, whether it's uh, formal, whether it's divorce, whatever it takes to make it easy for the two of you to depart. And then again, You know me, I I believe in keeping you together and developing empathy and creating a better relationship than you ever had before. And I know that can happen. It takes a lot of work, a lot of um, forgiveness. Um, And interestingly enough, the woman that I'm going to be interviewing tonight, she believes that finding her power releasing her anger and her sadness and rage, dealing with all that post-traumatic stress, and doing it in a way that connected her to nature and to her higher power, allowed her to feel forgiveness, freedom, and believe it or not, eventually joy. So if you're an addict, get your partner on, on this call. You know, make sure she or he listens to this podcast because that can occur. Forgiveness, freedom, and joy. It can occur. And it helps when the partner works on what we call phase three of partner betrayal, which is restoration of self. And there's no better way to do it than to participate in my colleague, Sarah Schulting Kranz, living Living, well, it's called Live Boldly Coaching. I mean, she has created these trips where she takes partners to the Grand Canyon and helps them to really meditate, journal, pray, look at nature, discover nature. I mean, it's it's an amazing experience. She's been doing this for several years. She actually is in the midst of a documentary. I'll, I'll let her talk to you about that. But She's a coach, and you all know that a coach, like I'm a coach, I'm a mental health therapist, but I'm a coach, coaches believe in taking your life to the next level. And so Sarah's going to be talking a little bit about herself, her ex-husband, his addictions, and why she decided to turn her tragedy into opportunity and find her passion in helping others. So come on now, you know that's all good. And I would challenge each one of you out there, anybody who's listening, to 
to remember what Patrick Kern said, which was, it's so important when you're working good recovery and you're working through your issues, whether you're betrayed or whether you're an addict, to then work that 12th step and give back. Not only is is it a full circle moment, and it truly, truly is, but it also reminds you of where you've been and how far you've come. And that's why so many of the women that I work with that work with partners are partners themselves. You know, they decided to give back in incredible ways. No one would have asked for this to happen to them, but if you follow my first coaching principle, and for many of you who've been listening to the show now for five or six years, you know my very first coaching principle comes from the success principles, and it's Jack Canfield's work. And he says, we are 100% responsible and accountable for our behavior. And even if bad things happen to us, you know, whether you have the enzyme that created the addiction or you're the partner that had no idea this was happening, when both of you get through the trauma, then it's time to look at how do you stabilize How do you ground yourself? How do you mourn? How do you grieve? And then how do you restore yourself? And that's why I'm always asking sex addicts to hang out with the fellowship, find things to do, do yoga, play ping pong, do whatever it takes, go on hikes, um, kayak. And for partners, I encourage them to do the same thing. That phase three of restoration means that you have to hold yourself accountable. Once you've done all that hard work around post-traumatic stress and you're feeling better, it's time to look for ways of finding your own happiness, of living your own life, of working through your own issues, whether you stay or whether you go. And then once you've done that tough work, which is really fun and exciting, Um, then the next thing is how do you give back? How do you help others? How do you make a difference? And uh, that's what Sarah has done. So, again, her her business is amazing. Live Boldly Coaching. And you can look her website up. She's got a lot of information to to give you, and she talks a lot about her trips in the Grand Canyon. So for right now, I'm going to introduce her. I'm going to invite her on the call, and I want her to talk a little bit about herself. So Sarah, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. Well, yes, you're such a go-getter. You're always looking for ways to have fun and inspire and enlighten and empower. And so when you said you could do the show, I was absolutely thrilled. I've had you on once before. And and I want to talk to you a little bit about your life. But before I do, you you have, have these values where you really value higher power, nature, empowerment. Tell us a little bit about what you've discovered as a coach working with women. Oh, gosh. Well, I work with women and men, 
uh, and uh, what I have found is that when we take the time to completely uh, detach from our world, the the phones, the computers, the the, the things that um, really cause sometimes a lot of chaos in our life, when we detach from that and we go into nature and we spend time there, our mind slows, our clarity uh, comes forward, we somatically heal, we find deeper meaning for ourselves, and we connect with why we are here and what we are on, which is Mother Earth. So it's a really powerful way to, um, to allow nature therapy to enter our body and into our minds and our spirits and to really guide us into being uh, who, who we are. And I love doing it. I watch and witness all the transformations that happen on every one of my retreats and uh, with different people and clients. And it is absolutely miraculous and amazing and absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And so how long have you been doing this kind of work? So on myself, I've been doing it since I was about 17 when I experienced my first trauma. And uh, then when I found out about my own husband and went through my second major trauma in life, which was nearly six years ago this Thanksgiving Eve, um, I really took to the mountains and the ocean, and I was paddling and running and hiking and climbing and doing all of the things um, to really um, center myself and to connect with my own higher power. Um, And then when I found that there was so much healing that happened in a very quick amount of time, I decided to take all of the things that I learned and I created a business and began guiding women and men um, into the Grand Canyon and into nature and using therapy, nature therapy, um, as a way to really allow people to heal. So I started my first, I've been hiking and climbing my goodness, since I was 17. I'm 45 now. Um, I ran my first retreat in the Grand Canyon about three years ago. Mm. And so do you do co-ed trips, or are they men trips Mm -hmm. and women trips? So I have, it's interesting, I started with, my very first retreat was uh, a male-female, and then I started doing only women, and then I had a lot of men that were approaching me and saying, what about us? And uh, I ran a full male retreat, um, I guess, last February, a year ago, February, and it was such a success. And so then I decided to start doing co-ed retreats as well. So it depends. Sometimes I'm going actually on the 18th of this month, um, and we're doing a co-ed retreat. So it's male-female. I've done only females as well and only males as well. So it really depends on the retreat and what I feel is needed um, by the people that are asking me to, you know, to, to come in and to join one. So if I have a lot of men that want to join one, I'm like, I'll just run an all-male retreat. It's okay. So um, it really depends. But, yes, I do do male and female. Got it. And so give us a little bit of information about what you went through, you know, what it was like to be betrayed by your husband and how you survived and thrived from that. Yeah, so I my my backstory uh is is pretty fascinating actually. I um what most people don't realize is that my first 
major betrayal was um, when I was 17 and I was um, sexually assaulted by a friend of mine. He wasn't even a friend. He was somebody that I knew from my town. Um, So uh, that was my first big betrayal. And um, I ended up getting pregnant and decided to have my child, keep my child, and raise my child. Um, and so I use nature and uh, my family, the support of my family, to really get through that one back when I was 17. And then about six years ago, uh, nearly six years ago, I found out that my husband, who I had been married to at the time for 17 years, had been betraying me with men for 14 of those years. And so there was a lot of um, sex addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and I knew nothing. I had no idea any of it was happening. So there was an absolute double life that was that was happening. And how I survived and thrived and, you know, didn't fall uh, victim to all of what had happened was because, thankfully, I had already um, processed and learned from my trauma at 17. And so I used a lot of what I had learned back from when I was 17 to then work through this trauma at the age of 40. Um, and, uh, you know, I headed right back to what I knew, and that was nature and really um, finding time for myself, a lot of self-care, a lot, a lot of self-care and support and finding a really good coach, uh, therapist, and um, working through the steps that I needed to do and coming out of the other side happier than I ever imagined I could be, which is pretty amazing, actually. It's, it's pretty amazing. I'm very thankful. Well, yeah, I'm when you're very, going, very through that post-traumatic, when uh, going through that post-traumatic stress, you don't ever believe you can be happy again. So you're living no. proof. And, I, you know, I was telling everybody before, the APSATS model is about three phases. And your trips, I feel like they do the dance of all three Phases. I mean, it's obviously the restoration phase, which is that third state. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that women and men do some grieving. I'm sure they do some oh, yeah. mourning. I'm sure they even have issues around safety. I mean, being out in nature means that you really have to pay attention to what's going on around you. You do. And, you know, the thing with me is that I am so connected when I am in that space. And because I'm so connected, it it provides safety for other people, but then it also is a reminder for others to also connect. And I'm constantly reminding people, don't just keep looking down. Don't just keep looking down. Because we, even in our morning state and in, in our PTSD states, we're constantly looking down. And we forget that there's a whole world around us that we can also connect with. And when we do that, when we connect with, you know, the power of something so much greater than ourselves, it allows ourselves to actually take a step back and say, wow, okay, here's my clarity. Here's my, here's my, you know, moment of letting go and realizing that in that process of letting go, I'm also receiving, you know, letting go of the pain and the, the sadness and all of that stuff and allowing joy and happiness to come in. It is, it's an absolute dance. It, what you said, Carol, is exactly what I tell people. It is a, it is an, it, no healing is linear and these retreats are not linear. And, you know, yes, there's a steps, there's steps that, that I go through with my clients, but at the same time, 
you give what they need at the moment. And so it's a, it's a complete, beautiful dance of transformation. And watching people, it's the gift for me. It's the fact that I went through it, and now being able to actually watch others and observe and see where they're at, it's, it is ab- it's such a beautiful you know, song, actually. It, it ends up being this beautiful just song of watching other people um, dance along the way. So it's, it's remarkable. It's really, really remarkable. But we also do other stuff, too. You know, we, we do meditations. We do breath work. We do, and so through all of that, you know, and um, being able to meditate on six million-year-old rocks, it's like how do you, and, you know, and under the great unconformity where there's a billion years of rock missing, it's, um, you know, it, you, you just feel so connected within, within the earth and also within yourself and within one another. Well, absolutely. And, you know, you and I have known each other several years, and you've been doing this for a long time. So how did your coaching certification as well as your APSAT certification help to even fine-tune what you've been doing? Mm, That's a really good question. I used to be a teacher, so that's the foundation of, like, all of this. Um, I loved teaching. And so for me, I always wanted to get back to it. So, you know, going through the coaching certification, I went to CTI. Um, and, uh, you know, going through that and really, really diving deep into who I am um, on that sense with my own values and my own purpose and my own mission and why I'm here and what I, you know, what I wanted to do in life, um, going through that journey and then also through APSATS, as a partner and realizing, you know, and going through that whole model and um, of, of, but, you know, the sex addiction piece was one piece of my, of my experience with my husband. I also had the drugs and the alcohol um, piece as well. The safety was the biggest thing for me. I think that learning so much about creating safety for others um, and holding space was the biggest piece that I learned through all of this along with, you know, really diving deep into who I am um, as a coach, a woman, uh, a, a partner. I'm, I mean, I'm always a partner. I'm, I've gone through the process of forgiveness and, and uh, healing and acceptance with my own ex-husband. And so um, it's, it's really been a beautiful way for me to uh, find deeper meaning with myself and then also be able to guide others through that as well. Well, absolutely. And and so, you know, one of the things we always tell partners is forgiveness is a choice and you may choose never to forgive. Um, We want to make sure that you forgive yourself because so many partners in some ways they feel responsible, like they should have seen it coming, they should have known, they should have been able to change it, they should have been different, they should have been enough. And so, Tell us a little bit about that forgiveness process. So I'm doing a talk on forgiveness, and I can't technically release it yet, but I would love for you to share it with your listeners when I can actually – the talk is in November, and so when it's released, I would love you to share it with them. Um, I have gone through a very big process of forgiveness in my own life, um, having been betrayed by so many people through this, it's for me. It wasn't just you know my husband. It was 
the people that knew and never told me. It was the people that he had affairs with. It was, you know, our friends that knew. It was the the soccer coach mom who was dealing in drugs in the back alley who was also my friend and whose son I was coaching. And so the layer of betrayal for me was so deep, and that was, for me, the hardest part. I also knew from my past that in order to get to that place of freedom, that I had to get to that place of acceptance. I, I'm not a huge fan of that term, uh, forgive and forget. In fact, I'm not a fan of that at all. Um, for me, it's forgive and accept. And so I knew that there was no place in my life to forget. How can you forget that something that huge and uh, that created such a big change and shift in my life? So for me, it was to forgive myself, um, to forgive my on behalf of me so that I could actually move into that place of freedom. And also, more than anything, was to get to that place of forgiveness with my ex-husband. And how I did that was, um, and, and all those people that betrayed me, and how I did that was through acceptance, but then also handing back all the pieces that they had handed to me in the process. If it was the pain, if it was the... Um, you know, the sadness, if it was the betrayal, you know, the anger, the rage, all of the things. I literally went from one person to the next. I literally, like, made a list of all the people, and I went from one person to the next person, next person to the next person, and handed it back to them and said, this is no longer mine to carry. I accept that this happened. I forgive myself. I forgive him. I forgive this whole situation. I cannot forget this is a level of just acceptance, but I'm not holding on to this anymore. And I literally, like I was taking it from my back and handed it to them um, in the process. I drove six hours one day to go and confront somebody and to hand back all the things that they had given me through this whole, you know, betraying, through the betrayal. And it worked. It worked. I walked away a thousand million, a million times lighter. Well, that is amazing. And and from the point that you discovered that your husband was having affairs, and at what point did you start this journey of going, making that list and going to people and forgiving? Well, so the moment that he told me, I told him I would never forgive him. And then I said, yes, I will. Eventually, I will get to that place. And so it literally was within, uh, it wasn't very long at all, within moments. Um, I knew that that was going to be what I had to go through. It was going to be the most difficult piece, but it was also going to be the piece that I absolutely had to get to for my own healing, right? I'm not saying it's for everybody. I don't tell people what to do, but for my own healing and my own growth, I knew that that was what I had to get to in order to find my own freedom. Um, so truthfully, Carol, it was within moments. I literally within moments was like, okay, this is what I'm going to eventually have to get through. And so I started taking the list that weekend. It was, you know, who are the people, who are the people? And I went through the phone and I did what many partners do. And I went through the websites and I, I questioned and I, and I just, every intuitive hit from that woman side of me, uh, the wife, the mother, Every single intuitive hit that came out, like the Rolodex that goes to the brain, I questioned, and every single one I wrote down, okay, there was this person, there was this person, there was this person. There was, I became my own secretary, I guess you could say, right, and listed everything, every one, and then 
went through everyone and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I confronted every single one of them. There's not one that I have not. Wow. Now, let me just ask you one other question that I, that I get so often from partners, and that is, but if I forgive, it'll be like accepting that it was okay that he did this to me. Mm. And, you know, obviously it isn't about accepting it at all. It's about releasing it. Yes. Yes. Well, and so for me, it was, um, for me, my, my definition of forgiveness is, um, is also about accepting what happened in order to step into that place of growth, learning, discovery of self that knew you, right? And so it doesn't mean that you're condoning it. It doesn't mean that you're um, saying that it was okay. You're literally saying, okay, this happened, right? This happened. It doesn't mean it's right. It never meant means it's right, but it happened, and I'm going to simply accept what happened in order to move myself into that next phase of discovery and, and, and um, transformation, right, and transcending your story and transcending everything that happened. So no way do I ever say, forget that that happened. In fact, you know the Webster's Dictionary says that. And my ultimate goal is to change the definition in the Webster's Dictionary because I just don't agree with it. I, and I think that it's, it's, it's not even about what I don't agree with. It's about the fact that I think that um, for society it holds a lot of people back from stepping into that place of forgiveness because they're told to just forget it happened. And, and you don't have to forget that it happened. You don't have to. It's because you don't, it's not, you're, not, you're not condoning, right, the behavior and so um, for me, it's, it's about just accepting it. All right. So now let me ask you, obviously, you and I are both coaches, and mm-hmm. we have specialty areas, and we have niches. And so tell me, what are your specialties as a coach? So uh, my specialties as a coach, I, um, well, I work with, women and men across the board. I have some that are partners. I have some that um, are going through divorce. I have others that are in life transformation, like just really trying shape-shifting areas of their life. Um, So I work with people across the board. And uh, most of the people that I work with are at a state where they're really um, ready to make change. And so they're ready to heal. They're ready to let go. They're ready to transcend. They're ready to, you know, go through that process and, um, and discover who they are. And I also work, I am uh, uh, certified in Reiki, so I work with a lot of, uh, like, natural energy healing, um, obviously, um, with nature as well. It's a great fit, and so I do a lot of that. Um, and, uh, you know, those are my specialties. I love, love, love running the retreats. I'm running, actually, um, the, the, the Grand Canyon retreats are my, that's my jam. I love doing those. And I'm also running a divorce recovery retreat um, for women. This is only for women that are either in the process of going through divorce or have just gone through divorce. And uh, it's a three-month uh, coaching journey along with um, adventure, a four-day adventure um, with canyoneering and hiking and meditation and breath work and all of the amazing things that connect us to you know, Mother Earth and uh, and allow us to release and to bring in the joy. So, 
those are those are my those are my uh, specialties. But yes, I obviously work with a lot of partners as well, a lot of partners. Well, and so I I just saw your advertisement for the divorce uh, three month mm-hmm. experience because it sounds like you're going to be doing some individual coaching, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And yep. so is your partner in crime, and her name is? Asia Dawn. So I um, decided to start working. I did this with her. Uh, we decided to create this program. She's in her 30s, and she's got a lot of experience dealing with a lot of the same types of things that I have from narcissistic abuse to uh, betrayal to, I mean, just the whole nine yards. Beautiful woman in her 30s. She divorced in her 30s. I divorced in my 40s, and she's in adventure woman um, as well, Um, wasn't always, and then took to nature to start her healing journey, and uh, yeah, she's great, she's so phenomenal, and so we're doing uh, one-on-one coaching, I do do one-on-one coaching myself as well, outside of my retreats and everything, so I love one-on-one coaching, and so um, we're doing that, and then also group coaching within this program, and like I said, the four-day retreat um, at the base of Mount Baldy, which is here in California. And uh, it's just going to be phenomenal. It's really a powerful way to find your support and your healing and your growth uh, through, this, through this time in your life. And so, obviously, tell us once again, how can they get in touch with you if they're wanting to do that? I'm thinking of a woman right now that I have actually referred you to. And I'm, you know, wanting her to know about what you've got planned because this is, she loves to be an adventurer and she loves traveling. So how can people get a hold of you? That's great. Um, so my website is liveboldlycoaching.com. And you can find – I love hearing from people. I love, love hearing from people. So you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Schulting-Kranz, on Facebook at Sarah Schulting-Kranz, or simply email me. I'm, or call me, literally, pick up the phone. I like old school. Um, and my, uh, you can find all that information on my website as well, my email, my phone number, the whole nine yards. So I love the conversations. I love the conversations. Well, very good. I love that you yeah. love that because you can hear it in your voice. I mean, it energizes and jazzes you. Now, yeah. you, you have this special belief. You've been doing this since 17 you know that nature in and of itself is healing. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what happens to the brain, let alone the body, mind, and soul, when yeah. you're out in nature. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we live in, I call this the created world, because we're so addicted to technology and our phones and everything. And uh, the frontal part of your brain uh, literally is working all the time because it's, that's the part of your brain where you're thinking, you've got the thought process, you've got the what am I going to have for dinner, what am I going to make for lunches, what about this, what about that, that task mastering. And so it's always on. And so especially with PTSD and the, and the fight or flight and all of the things, the frontal lobe of your brain does not slow down. And so when you go into nature, even just for five minutes a day, which is unbelievable to me, simply five minutes a day, they have figured out, um, will slow the executive part of your brain, the frontal lobe, and it allows the back part of your brain, the amygdala, to 
come forward to actually um, to light up. And that's the part of your brain where we are known for clarity. That's where we find clarity, we find reasoning, we find uh, peace, we find all of the things that allow us to actually um, slow and to just be. And in that state is where we also heal, right? And so it's this amazing factor that just, you know, with our brain that happens. Um, and what's interesting is uh, UC Berkeley just did a study recently with um, war vets, and they put them in nature um, for a week, and their PTSD symptoms uh, subsided by 29% after being out in nature for a week, 29%. And so I started doing this research because I was really curious, like why I wasn't feeling the PTSD and all the things, um, why it was lessening so much. And so through my own process of creating this business and doing this work, I wanted to know. And so I started researching all this, and I'm working on a book right now as well. Um, and so I did it for that as well. And a film. I'm working on a document. Well, I'm not. I have somebody working at They're creating a documentary of my life. And so I wanted to know all this stuff, right? And it's like, how did this happen? And um, there's real scientific proof. So I just find that to be amazing and awesome, and and it gives it it gives it that depth of like oh I get it I get why this works. So well, cool. I get that, but I saw under your name on some of the credentialing that it says executive producer, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I'm Is executive producing the film. Yeah, yeah, that's the documentary. Ah. I'm executive producing the film, um, but I'm not actually doing the film. I'm executive producing the film because we uh, ended up getting, like, permits to – we're actually filming. If you, but Carol, believe this. The, I haven't, don't even know if I've released this to AppSets yet, but um, maybe I have. We're filming uh, this Thanksgiving. It'll be six years to the day that I found out. We ended up – it's so hard to get reservations down at the Grand Canyon um, over Thanksgiving. It's nearly impossible. And I made a phone call, and they said, oh, one cabin just released. If you'd like it, you can have it. And um, the filming community didn't think we'd ever get reservations, much less permits to be able to film in the, one of the natural, you know, seven wonders of the world. And here we are filming exactly six years to the day that I found out about my husband just by, you know, the way it's meant to be. And uh, so it's really exciting. I'm guiding um, some clients, well, not clients, I'm guiding some women down in there and um, allowing them to have their own healing journey. And it's a part of the, the documentary that is being created. I'm not creating it. It's actually being done by somebody, a really amazing filmmaker who approached me after she followed and watched my story and said, this needs to get put out there for other people to, to hear about and learn from, um, you know, and, and to give them the inspiration to, you know, lead their life. So it's pretty cool. I'm really honored and extremely grateful. I cannot blame you. I mean, what? I'm, you, you've just got your hands in every single thing imaginable. Yeah, now I want to talk I know. to you a little bit. <laughs> I, I know you know, and I feel so blessed because I – I know you were grown up from the get-go, but I got to see you grow up because I actually got to work with you as you were getting your AppSats coaching. And I remember you sitting at the kitchen table, supervision yes. after supervision, just uh, 
talking about all your dreams. You were already doing a lot of them, but you had bigger and better dreams. And so do you feel like this is something, because before you came on the show, I, I told the partners that are listening, you know, when you restore, then it's time to give back and it's time to yeah. find your purpose and passion and, and have fun. And Edward Tolley said something that I think is amazing. He said, to have good mental health, you have to focus on three things. One is acceptance, which I think is forgiveness. Yeah. Two is enjoyment. You've got to figure mm-hmm. out how to get out there and find your joy. And then three is enthusiasm. And Sarah, you have all three. Yeah. It's, well, and, you know, here's the other thing. I, you know, and I'm raising my boys, too, by the way. I have three boys. So, <laughs> it's, so I throw that in there, too. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. I thank you, first of all. Thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. And I am so honored to be, like, to be in this AppSets program and to be doing this work is I never in a million years would have dreamed I'd be doing this, right? Never. I remember mm-hmm. where I was when I was 17, driving down the road and thinking to myself, feeling so alone and lost after, you know, I'm a, I'm a college student, a single mom. Nobody, the, the police wouldn't press charges on this guy. I decided to have this child. I mean, there's just a backstory there that is just uh, insane that I had to go through that, which is why I'm also sharing it. Uh, and I remember sitting there thinking to myself, on this, as I'm driving home from college one day, on the corner, I remember where it was, someday this needs to be made into a book. Someday I need to write this so that girls don't feel how I'm feeling right now. And to be able to do this, I had no idea. I mean, in my entire life, I'm a teacher, I'm doing all the things, and I always felt like there was something bigger that I needed to do to give back. I had no idea what it was. And now I'm like, oh, I had to go through all of this in order to get to this space, in order to get to this time, in order to be doing this work that is so important for others to, to also learn from. And so no doubt, I just feel like these, these opportunities are being handed to me. And unless, if, if it aligns with my values and if it aligns with my heart, my soul, my passion, my purpose, I'm all in. I'm all in. If it doesn't, then I sit back and I go, eh, you know, is this really for me right now? I've been handed all these things, and so how do you say no? You can't. You can't. And all I do know is that the more the, the energy that I give into these projects and the more that I, the energy that I give back, the more energy I receive. And so it's this constant flow of, okay, it's working, it's working, it's working. Uh, some days I'm exhausted, <laughs> I will admit. I but that's when I, that's when I take my self-care. <laughs> that's when I go and take my self-care. So, you know. Yeah, Absolutely. it's um, beautiful, though. We all should. It's just like we all need self-care, me included, you included, all of us. Oh. So. Well, I agree 100%, and obviously nature does affect the brain, body, mind, and soul, mm-hmm. let alone the spirit. Now, when you do your retreats, is it just hiking, or are there other physical experiences, other um you know, opportunities besides hiking. Oh, no, there's definitely other opportunities. Um, We uh, definitely, I believe so deeply in meditation and in breath work. And yes, I do meditation and breath work myself every day, but I'm not an instructor. And so I bring in other people. I hire 
uh, other people to come in and to do those portions of the retreats. And so, yes, we do hiking. Yes, we do adventure. Yes, we do, you know, that those things. You don't have to be some super fit triathlete to do this stuff. You don't. And that's, that's the thing, that's the biggest misnomer that people have. You don't. It's not about that. And um, so I do, do, I do bring in other aspects as well. Um, we did in May, it's, yeah, in May we did, I brought in a, a breathwork um, instructor, Jenna Rice. She's incredible. And we did this breathwork session that was under the Great Unconformity uh, down at the bottom of the Grand Canyon on six million-year-old rocks overlooking the Colorado River. And it was so phenomenal. I mean, I, I'd never experienced anything like that before in my life. And I was a part of that particular session. But um, to sit back and to also listen to – this was an all-women's retreat – and to listen to them somatically healing and releasing, you know, and crying and then and letting go of those traumas from childhood was just – Oh my gosh, I can't even it gives me it gives me goosebumps right now even talking about it. But then all of a sudden getting up later and laughing and being like that was the best experience ever and now I'm bringing in joy. Um that's the dance. And so I believe in bringing others in to do this type of work with me where I feel like I can't I don't want to hold space in those areas as well because I know my limitations and I want to give as much as I can to my clients. Oh, I, I love that. You don't do it all. You you hire other experts to help you with that. And I want to ask you, you know, was there a defining moment in, when you were out in nature that helped connect you to who you are? There were two in particular, but the one um, the one I would say, one one happened when I was in Sequoia National Park when I was standing on a cliff on a big rock, and I was, it's actually on my Facebook page because it's so uh, meaningful to me. And I looked out and I realized at that moment, I remember this, like a bird came down, and I felt this huge energetic spiritual just hit. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm getting divorced. And this was um, during the year. It was, it was not quite, it was a few months after I found everything out. But at that same moment and at that same moment and at the same moment. I remember thinking, looking out and saying, this world is so much greater than me. In other words, bigger. Um, and I'm going to be fine. I'm, I'm going to be fine. And it was like this warmth of, like somebody put their arms around me and just said, you're good. You, you, you got this. Um, that was one. And then the second one, when I was lost in fog, four miles offshore on my paddleboard on the Pacific Ocean. And I found my way back by a pot of dolphins that came out of nowhere and guided me in while I was also following. I was, I was listening to the waves and the current and the wind and, uh, and everything around me, all of nature's beings around me. And I got about two miles in, and this pot of dolphins, eh, it's not even that far out, um, pot of dolphins came out of nowhere. I asked for I literally was like, I need a pot of dolphins to take me back to the harbor. And they came out of nowhere, circled my board, and took me right into the mouth of the harbor. And I literally was like, it was four miles offshore. Fog bank came in out of nowhere. And I couldn't even see five feet in front of me. It was, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, and I remember that was during, that was not long after I found out as well. 
I was going through my whole, whole healing process, and I remember thinking in that moment, you have what it takes to find yourself, to find your way. You, you are the guide that can do this. And it was this, you know, feeling of absolute leadership, but also, you know, you know who you are. You have everything you need to be able to go through this and to be able to find your way along the way. So um, those were my two biggest defining moments that I just think about a lot. I think about that a lot, those moments a lot. Well, and I love that another woman might not have had the confidence to know that that was meant for her, that that was a sign to remind you of your own power. And that's what we need to let people know. When they're in recovery, whether they be addicts or partners or family members that have experienced this, that they are gifted with their own intuition and empowerment, and they have to believe it. And, you know, when you're a partner, your entire world has been rocked. So. Mm -hmm. I'm so appreciative of your strength. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. I get it from all of you as well, so thank you. I tell people that all the time when we're, when we're getting ready to go on retreats and things. I always say, look for, and to your listeners right now, look for the things around you that are guiding you. If it's the butterflies, if it's the birds, if it's, you know, we were, I just was on a cruise with my family, and my mom has a thing for hummingbirds, and this hummingbird came out of nowhere, and just, we were literally on the ocean on this cruise line, and this hummingbird came out of nowhere and just looked at her. I was like, Mom, you have to go look at the meaning of the hum- hummingbird, and then, you know, understand what this, what is this for? Like, why is this given to you? Why did that cross your path right now? What is that telling you? And so we dismiss those things, and we need to start to listen to them, because it's so important. Absolutely. So as we end for tonight, is there anything you want to tell our listening audience? Um, Give them your website again. Give them your Facebook page and give them your number so that they can old school call you if they need to. Old school call me, people. I love old school calling. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Right. People question me on that. They're like, are you sure? I'm like, oh, yes, please do. So my uh, website, again, is um, www.liveboldlycoaching. It's L-I-V-E-B-O-L-D-L-Y coaching.com. You can find me on Facebook or on Instagram uh, at Sarah, S-A-R-A, no H, no H on my name, um, S-C-H-U-L-T-I-N-G-K-R-A-N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, Sarah Schulting Kranz. And, uh, and you can also, if you want to follow the documentary um, that's in production right now, you can do that at walkthroughthis.com, or you can actually find it on Facebook at Walk Through This. Um, you know, uh, what would I like to tell my li- the listeners? <laughs> what I would like to tell the listeners is you are not alone. Mm, and I, I know that for so many moments, so many moments, we may feel that way, and we're not. We're not. And uh, that was part of the reason that I decided to do this work because much of the reason I decided to do this work is because I had so many moments where I, I felt like I was alone, and yet I knew that I wasn't because, for me, I was connected to nature and to something so much bigger than me. And uh, that's the biggest reminder that I want to give to everybody. You are not alone. Reach out. 
reach out and um, know that others are, are there for you and are going through exactly what you are at this given time. Maybe not exactly the same thing, but they're going through something similar. Right. It's one of the biggest Thank lessons you I've so learned. Much. Yeah, and that's a great lesson. And I got to tell you, you know, for anybody out there listening, this is an opportunity for you to experience nature at its finest, a guide or two that knows exactly how to do it in your own power. Sarah Schultz and Kranz, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Can I give my phone number? I forgot to give it. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I really am old school. Isn't that cute? I really am. It's 414-698-8899. Yep, 414-698-8899. Reach out. (laughs) I really am old school. All right, 414-698-8898. No, no, 8899-8899. I will probably get people that will email me going, I missed it, I missed it. So thank (laughs) you so much. No, thank you, um, Carol. I'm so glad this worked out. Thank you. um, I appreciate it. You make it a good one and keep us posted on all the fun things you're doing. Let us know when that documentary is out so we can interview you. Absolutely. Fall of 2020, that's what we're hoping for. Book, Book should be around that same time. So, yep. Yep. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh-huh. We'll be in touch, honey. Thanks so much. Thank you for the work you You're do. Welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So, again, that was Sarah. And is she not amazing? I mean, come on now. She is amazing. So, I'm so appreciative of everything she does. And I want to remind you that you absolutely, 100%, unequivocally, can get through this, whether you're an addict, whether you're a partner, or whether you're somebody that has this in your history. And um, as I say, at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times. So fearlessly have the courage to be yourself and stretch out of that comfort zone. And we will see you next week. Make it a good one.